welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope that the content of this program brings you biblical hope and practical help. Now here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. To get in touch with the program, give us a call at 800-917. You'll just uh, you'll leave a message there for us to call you to talk to you about being on an upcoming program of Hope in the Night, and we welcome your call. Again, it's 800-917. Well, I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, there is a word that uh, most of us think we understand what it means, and that is to be a friend. But there are degrees or levels or different types of friendship. Mm-hmm. Could you... Uh, Tell me about that. Well, I'm sure there could be different kinds of categories of friends, but I, I think if if you think about what a, a true friend is, a friend is a person who you're united to by feelings of uh, affection, loyal support, time spent together. And um, there is a word, phileo, which I know you're familiar with. Yes. And it's um, when you think of a city in the United States, hmm. what would that be? You're helping with my, my love for trivia. That's Philadelphia. That's right. Philadelphia. Uh, it means the city of brotherly love. I, I think the issue is with, with a friend, that's a choice as opposed to family. Family is what you got, you know, uh, not now, now, and you can have a friend as a family member, uh, like a sister or brother. Uh, but, um, the three categories that are in our keys on friendship are casual friends, and I'll describe them close friends and then committed friends. Mm. So casual friends are people you have occasional contact with, uh, common interests and activities to a degree, uh, some knowledge of accomplishments, abilities, character qualities, uh, cons- concern in general for for personal problems, but guarded emotions and no accountability. Then there are close friends. These are those uh, whom you have much more regular contact. Now, this is important. Mutual interests and activities. Mutual meaning if you have nothing in common. You know, you hear the phrase um, opposites attract. Yes. And I've said this on the program. Well, yes, opposites do attract in many instances, but it's similarities that bond. And I will say that periodically to someone because I want them to understand there needs to be a connecting point, and that's the mutual interest where you go and do something that you both enjoy and many times repeatedly. There's a sensitivity to the likes and dislikes um, in other words, I, I would be sensitive or a friend to me would be sensitive, not not um, not just hurting. Some things hurt people. 
And I remember, uh, I, I might tell about that later down the road, but uh, here there is personal comfort during trials and sorrows and a willingness to become vulnerable. And there would be limited accountability. I love the scripture, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so, Amos 3.3. 3. But then committed friends. These are those where there's a commitment to spend quality time together, shared values, goals, uh, shared joys and sorrows, and and experiences, uh, commitments that are shared. There's a freedom to help even correct a friend. Uh, you don't just correct somebody that where there's not a at least a, um, a a commitment that overrides when you're sharing something that is that needs to change. There's personal involvement in defending a person's reputation, the friend's reputation. Um, there's um, risked transparency. And, and a reciprocal commitment with sacrificial love. And it's imperative to, to realize that the Lord spoke about friendship, or specifically friends. Um, Jesus was called, he said, it, it's, it's not like, uh, well, you're, you're just my disciples. He said, I call you friends. And it's very intentional. And I think having, and by the way, you don't have a cast of 5,000 committed friends. Um, Typically, on one hand, um, I think I have two. I've had more but two of my friends have gone to be with the Lord. And um, I, I just believe that they enrich your life so much, but not everyone can qualify to be a committed friend. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? 
Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Care and Counsel Library today at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. Listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get to our caller in just a moment. Our customer support team can be reached at 800 488 HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you get to God's hope through our resources and get those materials into your hands. Their number again, 800 488 4673. That's 800 488 HOPE. Well, if you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, something's going on maybe at work, maybe in your relationships, and you'd like to get some input on that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, give us a call at 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. When you call, just leave a detailed message, and we will get back to you as soon as possible to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. We look forward to speaking with you. Again, it's 800 800- Night 17-800-644-4817. Well, we have a guest returning to us tonight, and uh, we have her listening on WARV in Massachusetts. We welcome back Liv. Well, hello, Liv. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Doing well. One of the things we talked about the other day was uh, very significant in terms of uh, challenges in life. <clears throat> and um, I, I had um, mentioned to you that, by the way, I, I just want to say that I don't think there's anything more important than the topic of forgiveness because it's not like any other value. It's not like faith and hope and uh, love and things of that nature. Uh, It's not like grace. Forgiveness, um, we are told that we are to forgive, but the whole reason why Jesus came to earth was he literally knew he would be dying on the cross for our sins in order to forgive us for our sins. In other words, he paid the price uh, where he had committed no sin, but he literally uh, died on the cross knowing he was going to do that. And th- the point would be if you and I humbled our hearts and received Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, then he would forgive 
all of our sin, past, present, and future. And he would change us inside out. But the point is, uh, I, I wanted to tell you why I felt it was so important that we talk about this topic of forgiveness. You had certainly indicated that there was severe pain that you experienced in your life. And it's very hard when there has been injustice, when there is uh, cruelty, and, you know, you, you, you described the hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration that causes, it's the source of anger. And I'm, I'm literally talking here right at the front because I want to acknowledge the challenge that you have had in life. And the point, I don't, I just don't, I don't want you being a prisoner of the past. And the way that you avoid that is that you look at the people who have hurt you, that have wounded you, been cruel to you been unjust to you and literally uh, when you look at those individuals um, if there are those that have been very hard or you say I can't forgive because I that that's what I said I thought I, I, I could forgive some people but um, there you know I had a situation where I thought I cannot forgive because it didn't, I, at the time, I didn't think it was right. And that's, so we, we can be sincere, believing we're right, that we can't. But if God tells us to do something, he will equip us to do it. Does that yes. make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So I wanted to know, uh, would you be willing to just communicate the people that have been hard for you to forgive and yeah. tell me why? Um, well, for me, it was, you know, my mother and my family members that, you know, um, I felt hurt by but, you know, just for their lack of, didn't intervene on my behalf. Um, and then throughout life, <clears throat> there were a couple of relationships, abusive ones. I had told you that I had um, married a sociopath. And <clears throat> it, it's um, the forgiveness. I Once God washed me through the forgiveness of my mother, it became easy to forgive everyone else, easier. Mm. But what makes it difficult sometimes is when you have lifelong lasting effects from whatever pain it was or situations that they caused in your life that yes. you now have to deal with for the rest of your life or for a long time afterwards. So in a way, you're reliving their harm. So mm. it's easy, and I have to be conscious, to not give up my forgiveness. It's something I have to consciously hold on to and be thankful for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, let's for sure 
just even start with your mom because you, when I asked you who had uh, been hard on you, um, you, you described that your mother abused you uh, mentally, physically, and you said, you know, in every way. So yeah. describe when you say mentally, how did she abuse you mentally? Well, for example, um, we grew, me and my mother lived with my grandmother. It was the three of us. I'm an only child, uh, no father in the picture, not for, you know, most of my life anyway, but mm -hmm. it was my grandmother's home. And it was a five-bedroom home. And I, my grandma had one bedroom. My mom had um, two. There mm -hmm. was a room for toys that was called the toy room. And then the last bedroom was my stillborn sister's room, who I'm named after. Mm. I had no bedroom. Oh. You had no bedroom. Yeah. I had Even no bedroom were growing up. Huh. That's right. So who did you sleep with? And it with? was very hurtful. Either my grandma or my mom. And okay. in my my sister's room, whom, you know, I never met. She was a, a full-term stillborn, and I'm named after her. Um, You know, she had a crib with an mm -hmm. angel statue in it and a dresser. It's just odd, you know, especially now that I'm a mother. I try to give my daughters everything, even though, you know, yeah. right now... um. We're experiencing homelessness, but nevertheless, that's something I I would n I could never see myself doing that to my children. So you know, was it like growing yeah, up? Just yeah, was it somewhat like a shrine? Shrine? Did they make it like? I understand it was she was stillborn, meaning she died at birth. But did did they have her items that were that would have been hers? Yet, yes. uh, they, they, it, 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 I call it making a shrine. It's like we don't want to disturb any of this to to retain yes. her memory. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that, that, and I was uh, often told, I want my stillborn and not you from as early as I can remember. She would, oh. sometimes I would find her just crying in the afternoon or in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'm a little girl, and I'm like, Mom, Mom, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she'd say, mm -hmm. I want my stillborn and not you, oh. you know? And, wow. Mm. So yeah. verbally, she would just um, throw up a comparison. And, by the way, this is a very uh, tragic and un highly unfortunate thing because parents should not be saying, I wish you were like your brother. I wish you were like your sister. Um, that Those words should not be spoken because it devalues a child. And yeah. um, it, it really can set up all kinds of emotions that are really unnecessary. And, and ultimately, it, it, it devalues you. So uh, you were compared in that way. You were, um, you were not as valuable as your sister by virtue of what she was saying, right? Right. Okay. Okay. And and so when you said physically, um, 
Talk about the specifics that your mom did to you. Well, so it was it was kind of erratic because she wasn't. I didn't have a structured or disciplined life. Like in many ways, you could say that I was spoiled. I had, um, you know, a great, awesome toy collection. But <clears throat> when she would, you know, get fed up or overwhelmed with me, um. She would uh, rip up my clothes, rip up my artwork, rip up, you know, anything that I took pride in. She would throw these beautiful, you know, my my grandma had like those nice candlestick holders that you polish with that stinky metal polish. I don't know okay. what they were made yeah. of, but I would uh-huh. have those thrown at me. I've had oriental vases smashed on me, mugs thrown at me. I've been dragged by my hair and shaken like a rag doll, you know. Mm. Mm. It was always very rageful and uncontrolled when she did do that. It wasn't like a physical, like, you know, a controlled spanking or anything like that. It was mm. scary. You know, that's, that's very descriptive when you use, you said rage-like. Um, that's important because rage means a loss of self-control. And many times people, they, they can discipline a child. Um, the Bible even refers to that where it's not abusive at all. But it's, the intent is to, um, in fact, the, the, the Bible says, like, who loves uh, his son um, disciplines his son. And it's, it's, you know, so it's a concept of causing some pain in order to, to show the value of what is wrong, a person doing wrong, so that then uh, they would want to do what's right. I know some people that's, that's controversial, but it really is not wrong when it's... Um, when it's controlled, when it's done out of love, out of care and concern. But what you described with rage, um, again, that means a type of anger that is out of control. struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. 
World Class Hope Together Conference is returning to Allen, Texas this October with leading experts and over 50 ministry training sessions, including crisis and trauma response, lay counseling, marriage and family, mental and emotional health, life coaching, and leadership. Hear from dynamic speakers featuring Nick Vujicic, Taya Kyle, Gary Wilkerson, James Ward, General Bob Dees, Steve Arterburn, Dr. Joshua Straub, Dr. Eric Scalise, and our very own June Hunt. Join a genuine supportive community of like-minded friends and leaders who have answered the call and discover our growing network with year-round support for your ministry needs. Register now at hopetogether.com. That's hopetogether.com. And don't miss the life-changing experience of the Hope Together Conference. You're listening to Hope in the Night. We are a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and your continued support of this ministry. It really means so much to us, and we thank you. If you have questions or concerns about any of the topics that we bring up on the program here, we welcome you to give a call to our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673 and they can help you get the right resources in your hands. We have the keys for living that we are recommending tonight tonight called Verbal and Emotional Abuse Victory Over the Power of Abuse. And uh, you might find that helpful. Also, we have the book called How to Rise Above Abuse. covers several forms, uh, types of abuse, and that is one of our books as well that June has written. Those resources and many more are available as you talk to customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Let's return now to our conversation with Liv. Well, Liv, one thing you said about your mother uh, when we previously talked was that she would say that you were demonic. And yes. just And you, you said, I... I became afraid of myself. You know, that's, um, it's, it's so, um, children believe they're literalists. They believe what is being said by adults. Um, and they, later they can be analytical, but children are, uh, tangible thinkers. They think table, chair, uh, they're very literal. And it's vital that we understand that at times words were said to us, to you, to me, uh, that were very hurtful. But, you know, it's like we, we can't change what has been said, but we can decide what to do with those words and the the wrongs that were committed because of uh because we don't want to be controlled by the pain of the past is that not true right. okay absolutely and so when i i think of you um you had also said about these other family members, you said they didn't, um, 
they didn't stand up for you. Uh, you said no right. one stood up for me, that they did not intervene. And do you want to describe anything that comes to mind about that? Yeah, I mean, I just, one of the things that comes to mind is, um, you know, I have an aunt who, <clears throat> years later, actually, I mean, I'm 34, it was just a few years ago that she apologized to me for not doing anything, um, for not taking me in. You know, she mm -hmm. was, she's my blood aunt, so she's my mother's sister, and, um, she, you know, she told me that her husband which is, was my uncle, um, had even wanted to at one point in time, and she let me know that, but she told him, no, you know, she's her mother's daughter, you better just leave it alone, and nobody helped. And, uh, but I can also mm. think of a time where my grandmother did try to intervene. I remember my mother was coming after me, and my grandma was sitting in her rocking chair, and I just dove right through her legs, and somehow I was able to hide under the rocking chair. Mm. And my mother tried to snatch me by my hair, and my grandma closed her legs. I remember how they looked. Mm. She shut them so tight so that my mother couldn't get to me. And in wow. return, my mother um, uprooted every plant that she had in the sunroom and shook soil everywhere, and uh, my grandmother mm. cleaned it quietly. Yeah. So your mom was really out of control, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and therefore, you had no control uh, because you, you're too young as a daughter um, growing up. Um, you can't change people. And that's where children think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a difference. You know, and I, I, how I wish... Uh, at times, kids who really do see the wrong, I, I wish they had the power, but they don't. Now, later, it can be a major reason why many who um, grow up and become, it, it, whether it's just an adult or a parent, they become very protective because they saw the cruelty of things when they were, children, and it can be used by God in a very specific way, but, and it gives, in other words, great compassion for those, for example, you, you would, I would say, you can tell me if this is true, uh, do you believe you have more compassion than the average person about people for, in behalf of those who are abused? Yes, yep. but because you know firsthand what that's like. Yes. And you had told me that you had fear. You, you grew up with fear of rejection. Even, you know, yes, of course, you were rejected as a child, but then it can have long-term effects. Is that true with you? I, I, so that's one of the major triggering points that I struggle with today is rejection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, when you think of I'm the... I'm not grateful. Like, like when, I, when I feel rejection, it, it 
is a deep emotional response. Like, so sometimes, like, I want to cry, and it's upsetting because, obviously, you don't want people to, you know, think you're a crybaby or see you cry over something that doesn't seem like a big deal, or I'll get over angry over something like that where other people are able to just, who cares what people think about me and let it roll off their shoulders. You know, it triggers this deeper response that I don't want to be there, you know? Well, that, um, I, I definitely understand. Um, that was my, um, that was one of my most challenging things growing up. And so I'm, at the end, I want to give you what has actually helped me the most because I think you and I can identify with a lot of what went on. Um, yours was more severe in terms of the physical uh, abuse, and uh, I hurt for you. But I can tell you that there is something that the Lord is going to want to do in your life uh, first of all, he wants that rejection healed, and he can heal you on the inside. But it also begins with the concept. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share something with you and see if you identify with this. Um, because of of cruelty uh, toward me, I, I thought I can't forgive, and it was my father. Now you, you, your challenge, of course, is is your mother, and there were others. But I remember thinking that's just letting somebody off the hook if you forgive them, and that can't be right. That because God says don't do this and don't do that, and He gives consequences when people commit, uh, they violate the Ten Commandments, and so I didn't understand how that could be accurate or how that could be even right. Well, I had to finally say, but if but now here I'm finally learning the Bible, and the Bible says, forgive, well, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I can tell you, um, I was so surprised when I read those words because I thought that I don't understand. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so I, again, I was thinking that's letting somebody off the hook and they don't even change. They don't have to change. And we're told to forgive. Right. And see, I could understand if they had forgiven, I'm sorry, if they had changed, then then I could be forgiving. Well, finally, it dawned on me, I had, I need to rethink what what is forgiveness. Well, it was not letting, like my father, off the hook. Instead, I'm taking him off of my emotional hook and putting him onto God's hook. So I just, I'm, I'm saying I choose as an act of my will to give this pain to you, God. And you know all that went on. And 
I'm choosing to release it because that's what the word forgive means. It's release. I'm releasing all that pain to you, Lord. And as an act of my will, I'm choosing to take my father off of my emotional hook and put him onto your hook because you're the one who says, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. So they don't, yeah. they're not off the hook, they're just on God's hook. And instead of fighting me, my dad fighting me, um, I, I, the Lord ended up changing me inside yeah. out, and I realized, you know, there, there was there was something wrong with the way my dad was treating me. I seemed to be the lightning rod. I was told by several people, "You're you're the lightning rod for dad for your father," and um, I didn't know why. Well, I was her, I'm, I tried to be my mom's protector. But the, the but the issue is, uh, I just decided I'm going to seek to do whatever God tells me to do, whether at times I understood it all or not. And I can tell you, um, when we, it, since Jesus said the truth sets us free, the truth of forgiveness is that freedom we can have free the freedom of forgiveness and that right. truth will set us free by not holding on to the offense of the past now you were right because right, i was asking you to tell me you've you've related to me and all the more do i have compassion for you that i i when we come back, I'm going to ask, would you be willing to take the pain that you've described, and I've written down many, many things that you've said, where you take that pain and, again, the word forgive means release, to release it and put it into God's hands, just as an act of your will, and then to take your mother off of your emotional hook and put her onto God's hook knowing that he knows what to do with her and you need to be set free from the pain of the past. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. in the night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. To get in touch with the program, just give us a call at 800-917. If you'd like to speak with June about something going on in your life, give us a call at 800-917. We'll talk to you about that and uh, try to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night program. Again, 800-917. If you have any questions about tonight's topic, you can get in touch with us as well. It's a different number for uh, any of our keys for living, our resources as well, the books that June has written. And uh, that is uh, the number there is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Let me recommend to you the keys for living called Rejection, Healing the Wounded Heart. That's Rejection, Healing the Wounded Heart, available as you talk to customer support at 800-488-4673. You can also check out our website, hopefortheheart.org, and find many free resources there. Many of our keys for living are kind of condensed down into what we call quick reference guides. If you printed them off, it'd be about two or three pages and just a really uh, a shorter uh, treatment of any of those topics that are there. And you can look at those and see if uh, maybe you would find some help there. There are verses that will help guide you there, some, some uh, uh, helpful uh, advice as well. And if you'd like to get the fuller treatment in our Keys for Living, you can also do that there as well. But 800, excuse me, 800-488-HOPE is the number to call for our customer support team. The uh, website again, hopefortheheart.org. Let's return to our conversation now with Liv. Well, Liv, I'm going to be um, describing something to you which will make sense to you. When we say forgive, and I've been saying that the word forgive means release, it means releasing your resentment toward your offender. It, I, when I began to think of it personally, I thought, you know, I kind of lived for the day that my dad would say, I'm sorry, admit that he was mm-hmm. wrong. Well, that day didn't come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you, so do you kind of understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I used to pray for it, and uh-huh. never came. Okay, never I did came. too. So what 
I learned is it's releasing my right to hear I'm sorry. And it would be releasing yeah. your right to hear, would you forgive me? Um, release your, it's, it's releasing your right to be bitter. Releasing your right to get even. And I think when we consider forgiving means release, it's, it's releasing your right to dwell on the offense, to just harbor it, or release your right to hold on to the offense, or to keep bringing up the offense. Now, yeah. I was asking you specific questions, and I wanted to know, because I knew how valuable this can be for the future for you, and where at times we can want to be forgiving, but it's so hard when it's so personal. And as you've already said, um, this major thing in your life is the rejection that you experienced. And you didn't cause that, sweetheart. You don't have the ability to cause any mother to treat you the way you were treated. You don't have the ability to cause your mom to reject you. This is unnatural. Moms don't do that for their little children, toward their little children. And so the, the thing is, I, I'm, I hear you. Um, I, I hear the pain that you've experienced. And it does trigger things when you, in other words, there can be an experience that you would have that would cause you to think and remember, and that's called a trigger, uh, when it's something very, very similar to what you experienced. But what God will do is he will literally intervene in your life. And I said to you that I wanted to share something with you. There's a, a fabulous scripture that is my favorite scripture. And I'm going to want you to write this one passage down. It's just the, the, the reference. It's, and it's, it's in the, the book of Deuteronomy. It's just Deuteronomy 31.8. Deuteronomy 31.8. And I want you to apply, you're going to apply this to you, but it's where the Lord, it tells about what God does, our Lord God. The Lord goes before you and will be with you. In other words, he's not rejecting you. The Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Because you mentioned um, the major fear was rejection. Even though others can say, I don't care what they think. Well, you and I do. And, but, but there are major triggers that we've had from the past. So I'm going to come back and, and mention that before we end. At least that's my plan. But right now, I think the issue is forgiveness is an act of the will. It's not a feeling. Because 
I know what it's like. I thought, well, I don't feel like forgiving. And so I, you know, I, I, how can I forgive? Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice to do what God says. It's an act of your will. And that means regardless of what somebody else does, I need to be able to release that pain to the Lord and release the offender. The major offender you had was your mother who abused you on multi-levels. And so what I want to ask, are you willing to release that pain to the Lord? Are you willing to release your mother into the hands of God and take her off of your hook and put her onto his hook? Yes. Okay. I'm proud of you. This is huge. And so let's talk. Let's talk to God right now, just like you're talking to me. And I'm going to guide you in a prayer. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And he knows your heart. He knows you want to do what's right. You don't want to be that prisoner of the pain of the past. So pray after me. God, you know my heart. God, you know my heart. You know all of the pain I've experienced. You know all of the pain that I've experienced. In my family. In my family. And outside of my family. And outside of my family. You know the major pain that I had with an abusive mother. You know the major pain that I've had with an abusive mother. Who called me foul words. Who called me foul words. And even said I was demonic. And even said that I was demonic. How she ripped my clothes. How she ripped my clothes. And would hit me with objects. And would hit me with objects. Dragging me by my hair. Dragging me by my hair. All of the cruelty that she extended toward me. All of the cruelty that she extended towards me. Right now I'm choosing to release to you. Right now I'm choosing... To release to you. And as an act of my will. And as an act of my will. I'm taking her off of my emotional hook. I'm taking her off of my emotional hook. And putting her onto your hook. And putting her onto your hook. I recognize that healthy moms don't treat their children this way. Recognize that healthy moms don't treat their children this way. I know there's something wrong within her. I know there's something wrong within her. And I pray one day she might be healed. And I pray one day that she might be healed. 
But I know also you don't want me to be controlled by the pain of the past. And I know also that you don't want me to be controlled by the pain of the past. Especially her rejection. Especially her rejection. I thank you that you have chosen to receive me. I thank you that you have chosen to receive me. As your child. As your child. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And you love me. And you love me. And you'll never not love me. And you'll never not love me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you that you have a plan and purpose for me. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for me. I yield myself to your plan and your purpose, Lord Jesus. I yield myself to your plan and your purpose, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you for forgiving me. I want to thank you for forgiving me. For all of my sin. For all of my sins. And just as you have forgiven me. And just as you have forgiven me. I choose to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt me. I choose to extend forgiveness to all of those who have hurt me. Including other family members. Including other family members. Who did not intervene. Who did not intervene. They did not stand up for me. They did not stand up for me. And my ex-husband. And my ex-husband. Who is a sociopath. Who is a sociopath. I choose to forgive him. I choose to forgive him. Putting him onto your hook. Putting him onto your hook, Jesus. Thank you for setting me free, Lord Jesus. Thank you for setting me free, Lord Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen. We will send the keys for living tonight called Rejection. And we'll send that out to tonight's caller. We are able to do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep uh, Hope in the Night on the air, to keep those resources going out, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, find our programs wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.